Backs him down. Giannis into the lane. Giannis spinning. Fading shot. Up. Good for Giannis at the buzzer. Bucks win it. Welcome to Locked On Bucks. I'm your host, Kane Pittman, alongside the founder of BrewHoop.com and longtime voice of the podcast, Frank Madden, for today's episode that is brought to you by Built Bar. Go to BuiltBar.com, use the promo code Locked On, and you'll get $10 off your next order. The Bucks are down 1-0 in the first round series against the Orlando Magic. I almost can't believe that I'm saying that. They lose 122 to 110 in a game that basically felt like they were behind wire to wire. They got off to a quick start and then fell behind quickly. We just heard from Bud. The players are getting set to talk after the game. We're podcasting right after the buzzer of this one. Where do you want to start here, Frank? This was uh, very concerning uh, on the back of, let's just say, unconvincing play through the bubble so far. Yeah, it was. A, I mean, it's a weird... You know, watching a Bucks playoff game at 12.30 on a Tuesday in a neutral court venue, um, I don't know. The whole time I was kind of not – it was like harder for me to feel as engaged with or even panic about the loss as much or the losing because it just all felt so strange even though we've been doing this now for a couple of weeks in the bubble. Um, but, yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, all the, all the kind of mediocrity we've seen over the past two weeks just – it continued. And so I felt, I don't know, I've been feeling like just sort of drained emotionally or not drained emotionally, but like drained of my enthusiasm for the Bucks of late. And so just watching today, I just sort of, I don't know, just like as a, as a fan watching the game, I just sort of was just kind of like, it was just sort of happening. And unfortunately it seems like the Bucks were kind of also feeling like that because it just felt like they continue to just sort of show up and expect that at some point teams will start missing shots and <laughs> not not defending hard or whatever and just sort of let them go back to doing what they did for most of the season and teams aren't doing that and the bucks are just you know i think the theme of of bud i think post game was aggression and um you know teams are just sort of kicking the bucks in the teeth and the bucks really obviously uh have not i have struggled to find answers to that and today um you know, was not an outlier shooting night for either team. Um, Magic were a little better than the Bucks, but that wasn't why the Bucks lost. Uh, and so I think, you know, Giannis, 31 points, but really hollow in the fourth quarter, just chucking some three-point bricks. He just looked kind of lost. And Chris and Brooke Lopez, who were the other real two constants of the bubble, you know, their strong play, um, those two guys really did not play anywhere close to what you need from them um, as well, which, you know, especially – compared to what you know Nikola Vucevic 35 points on 24 shots uh he was the star of this game the best player on the floor and obviously if that's going to happen then you know if, if Vuce outplays not only Brooke but Giannis as well um that's a that's a big problem so uh, again I don't think anybody's saying the series is over or something like that but um you know the Bucks have much bigger designs than winning a first round playoff series and um this is just another kind of uh, example of why the Bucks are really, you know, struggling to figure out where how they get back to being the team that 
you know, obviously looked like a, a strong title contender early in the season. It really feels like this team is struggling for motivation right now. And, and it's hard to believe that that would be the case. And perhaps I'm way off base with that assessment, but you're right. Again, today you saw an Orlando Magic team that was scrappy. And I, I thought that if the Bucks got off to a quick start here, this is a game you're going to be able to crush pretty quickly because Orlando will say, okay, well, yeah, we clearly don't have the talent to go with this team. We can't win this game and they'll throw in the towel. Well, they, they never got that opportunity. And, and this is the problem when you're playing a team like Orlando. The longer you keep them in the game, you give them a chance. And I thought the critical stretch came in the third quarter when the Bucks, uh, Chris Milton was fouled on a three. Uh, he missed the, the third free throw that would have tied the game at 69. And from that point, the Magic really were able to push out and go on a run. But again, you know, Aaron Gordon's out of this game. We heard that a couple of hours before tip. And, you know, I don't know. I mean, Bud said after the game, of course, he's always going to say this, we didn't underestimate the opposition. But to me, this was a classic case of the Bucks, And we've said this during the, the seeding play because... I will say that you can say what you want about the the defense, but the team was fired up for the game against Boston. And the team was fired up in the second half for the game against Miami. We've seen them play at a different intensity level to what we saw tonight against the Magic. To me, regardless of whether this was the first game of the playoffs, the Bucs just didn't look like a team that uh, really were interested in playing the first game in the playoffs. They thought they were probably just going to sleepwalk through this one and take a 1-0 lead. Yeah, and I think... Um... I don't know. We, we've seen it. I mean, we've talked about this, how they've been a team that has not really been forced to come back much and they haven't won a lot of games where they've had to come back from, you know, major deficits. I know that there, there were some stats thrown out during the game today that, you know, for trailing double digits in the first quarter, even they've rarely won those games, I think. Um, and I still can't recall a game this season other than opening night in Houston where they were losing big in the fourth quarter and came back. So, I mean, when it was 13 going to the fourth, I just kind of said, I don't, I think these guys, I don't, I don't think they're going to come back. I mean, even when they were playing awesome basketball, they tended to lose games like this, and they never really won games like that. Um, and now they just look kind of adrift to a large extent. And, uh, and so, yeah, I mean, I think, uh, you know, we, we talked about those comments from Kyle Korver, which were kind of alarming at the mm-hmm. time. I forget which game that was after, if that was Dallas or which game that was after, um, where he was kind of talking about, like, a team's, you know, can go either way or whatever. And now it's kind of scary because it's like, you know, it's all fine and good to say, well, the, the seeding games don't matter. You know, we're just trying to, you know, work on ourselves, blah, blah, blah. But okay, now it's the playoffs. <laughs> you know, like, uh, if you're not going to really kind of bring it and, um, you know, like just, just like some stuff like the, what I look at a lot defensively is how connected are the guards coming over screens? You know, how connected are the guards or the wings um, defending one-on-one? You know, when they're giving blow-bys, and it's just like, oh, you know, the bigs will help us out or well, there'll be rotation and, and whatever. That's when the Bucks get in trouble because that's when teams just drive and kick and it's, everything's just really easy, right? And that's where the Bucks defense really looks bad. And, I mean, I think we saw way too much of that in the first quarter, the first half. Um, I mean, Marco Fultz hitting random mid-rangers. You know, I mean, look, there was some stuff in there that, that you can live with. I mean, Vooch, again, this was, you know, maybe not a career game, but close to it for him. He's not going to always be this good. But the Bucks also didn't make his life hard. Right? I mean, they didn't really give him anything that, that really challenged him. Um, and, you know, TJ Augustine blown by Bledsoe and Bledsoe in the fourth quarter, like, you know, basically like letting him get by and then not challenging a shot like he's afraid of fouling him. You know, just stuff like that. Uh, it's just not, just not what we're seeing from this Bucks team. All right, Frank, I know that you're all over Axios and what they deliver. 
But start your morning with the news that matters in just 10 minutes. Axios Today host Nyla Boodoo and a team of award-winning journalists will bring you the latest analysis and insight into the trends shaping your world. And by the way, it is morning over here in Australia. It's way too early. It's 7 o'clock. I've got to go to sleep, but I'm kind of pretty hungry. I've been up since 1 o'clock in the morning. Uh, Maybe I can call our friends over at DoorDash to help me out. Because between never-ending laundry cycles and incoming emails, you've got plenty on your to-do list. Give yourself one less thing to worry about and let DoorDash take care of your next meal. If you want Chinese, if you want pizza, if someone's craving Froyo, there's something for everyone at DoorDash with over 300,000 partners in the US, Puerto Rico, Canada, and Australia. You can support your local go-tos or choose from your favorite national restaurants like Chipotle, Wendy's, and the Cheesecake Factory. Right now, our listeners can get $5 off and zero delivery fees on their first order of $15 or more. Just download the DoorDash app and enter the code LOCKEDONNBA. That's $5 off and zero delivery fees on your first order. Don't forget, that's code LOCKEDONNBA for $5 off your first order with DoorDash. You know, obviously, they're going to have a couple of days to kind of stare at themselves in the mirror and figure out what what the answer is. Um, because I think you know you can kind of check all the boxes. I don't, you know, I don't think obviously effort wise, tactically, I don't think you know anything that Bud was doing out there was really working. I thought in the fourth quarter, you know, their, their discretion when they're losing and they need baskets, they don't value possessions at all. You know, yeah. like you look at the threes, Giannis is putting up Bledsoe taking an early shot clock three. I, mean, I think it was 99-93. Um, they play the same way whether they're up like 15 as when they're down 10 with, you know, half of the fourth quarter left. And I think that's a problem. Like, um, you know, we've seen them a lot of times in kind of out of timeouts. They can run nice actions and get, get good shots. But um, it just seems the flow of their offense, like they really don't, they just don't play smart sometimes or, or oftentimes when they really need to be more selective. And I think that shows with Giannis's fourth quarter, he was really poor offensively. Should have probably gotten a couple more foul calls than he did. I was surprised at some of the no calls. Um, but, you know, it is what it is. He blew some layups too. And uh, I don't know what – he finished 12 out of 25. Did he miss his last five or six shots? It, it kind of felt that way. Um, he, uh, he really struggled down the stretch. And that obviously is especially a big problem on a night when Chris and Brooke are really understated and, and really not impactful. Um, you know, ironically, it was more the, the starters. I thought that were the letdown tonight then some of the bench guys who I think have been, you know, at time I and mean, Dante struggled again. That's, that's a warning flag, but you know, you look at the plus minus, I mean, everybody, but Frank Mason who came in for the last, what, 15 seconds or something was a negative or, or zero tonight. I mean, <laughs> there were, there was no, it's not like, it's not like the starters were great and the bench was bad or the bench was great and the starters were bad. I mean, nothing Bud was putting together has really seemed to work with any consistency. Giannis at center didn't, was not a tonic for anything. Um, it was just kind of an all around, just, sad trombone type of game and you know you just look paint paint points 42 to 38 for the bucks again plus four not the kind of advantage that that the bucks are used to having um fast break they're minus two and fast break points points off turnovers 25 to 14 for the magic uh which again i mean not a crazy turnover night 16 to 15 um bucks with 16 there so it wasn't like horrendous in that regard compared to what we've seen from them at times but um you know, again, just, just they really didn't have anything to hang their hat on tonight. And uh, it's just an, uh, certainly a, a place that we have not seen the Bucks, um, you know, not in, at least not in games that, that matter officially, <laughs> quote-unquote matter, 
we, we certainly have not been used to seeing this, uh, but the flip side is we also haven't been used to seeing, um, you know, the Bucks play at a consistently high level over the last few weeks either. So uh, on the one hand, it's, it's kind of shocking because this is the Bucks and the Magic and the Magic were missing a bunch of dudes. Um, on the other hand, it's weirdly not shocking just because of the kind of lackadaisical kind of mindset of that it feels like the Bucks have been dragging around for so much of, of this break. I mean, ironically, I mean, we can talk about this a little bit, but I mean, ironically, it almost felt like um, the Bucks would have been better off with Aaron Gordon being healthy <laughs> just because <laughs> at least Gordon is uh, a poor three-point shooter who's probably you know overly enthusiastic about shooting them. I mean, you know, Gary Clark is not great, but he was four out of 12 from three, 15 points. James Ennis, two out of three from, from deep, had 11 points. Um, you know, the, other than Markel Fultz, um, you know, all the starters were, were shooting threes. And ironically, Evan Fournier, zero points uh, in the first three quarters, normally the Bucks killer, he ends up hitting three out of seven threes. So all three of those threes in the fourth quarter, which, you know, a couple of those were just, you know, rubbing kind of, salt in the wound of of the Bucks loss at that point but um yeah I mean it was just uh uh just a, a complete you know no show I think from a team that obviously had prided itself on all season on the way they consistently showed up night in and night out offensively you hit on it at the start of your point there in terms of uh the way they they treat possessions and protect possessions particularly when you come in from behind and and I'm you know I get it like I get the system this is an offensive system that's worked for them but as you sort of pointed to, most of the time they're doing that with the lead. And if you take an early shot clock three, then you might sort of sit back in your chair and say, well, that was a bad shot. But you're not desperate for a bucket at that point. And I tweeted it out. I think it was halfway through the third quarter or early in the fourth that Giannis and Bledsoe in particular. And there was some pushback that Giannis was three for seven from three. But you can be three for seven from three and still take some really bad shots. And I thought Giannis did that tonight. Um, with those early shot clock, uh, shot clock threes in particular, it felt to me when the Bucks actually ran some offense that they were able to get pretty good looks. And they were, they were able to get uh, scores, whether it was at the um, basket, whether it was a three for a guy that you'd probably prefer to be shooting from the outside. It felt to me that when the Bucks really uh, took pride in their offensive possessions, they were able to score. I mean, they scored 110 points on the night despite having shooting splits of 43 33 and 64 so getting points on the board should not be a problem against this Orlando team we spoke about that but you should be able to slow uh, the opposition down and 122 points is obviously uh, not a good number I mentioned the free throw shooting but 18 for 28 so they've they were plus nine in free throw attempts but they made the same the magic 18 for 19 and the bucks just 18 for 28 Look, I mean, we can speak about Giannis' free throws all we want, but Chris Middleton missed two tonight. You don't expect that uh, from him. The Bucs got to stop leaving points at the free throw line, Frank. I mean, I, I think in this series, we both still feel comfortable that they're going to find a way to get through this. But, you know, the longer the playoffs go on, this, this Bucks team needs to find a way. They're going to be a team that will get to the free throw line a lot. With Giannis, you're going to find yourself in the penalty situation in a lot of games, you know, early in quarters where you can really ride that out. Uh, they've got to knock those down. Yeah, I mean, Giannis's uh, history, unfortunately, of shooting poorly in, in the playoffs from the free throw line. We saw it last year. It really hurt them in that Toronto series. And, uh, you know, all season long, he had basically a hangover, it seemed like, from the poor shooting in the, in the playoffs last year from the foul line. Uh, you know, he was turning the corner a bit there uh, when he went to that five-dribble routine right before the suspension of play happens post-All-Star break. 
um, but then was pretty up and down once again during the bubble. And, um, you know, today four out of nine, I mean, again, it's not the, it's not like the Bucks lost by one or something like that, but, um, you know, at some point, like, you know, the, this kind of, uh, I mean, it's mental, obviously, like just mentally not being focused enough to be able to knock down free throws. I mean, it's literally a, a, a neutral site game. There's no fans in the building. Like, you know, it's the closest you're going to come in the NBA to, um, you know, shooting practice free throws. Uh, and he's still struggling to do that. And, uh, you know, it's, it's a concern. And, and uh, again, I mean, the, uh, fortunately the Bucks were so bad today that it, it wasn't even the difference in the game. Uh, <laughs> um, but, uh, you know, I thought he was just, again, generally in the second half, um, he had, you know, I'd say the middle two quarters were really strong for them. I think what he had 28 points, I think going into the fourth or something like that. Um, and then, uh, yeah, I thought, you know, the magic did a nice job of showing a lot of bodies in the half court and the bucks really struggled to get Giannis the ball in, in spots where, you know, he, he had kind of a free run, um, at the basket or, you know, and again, I think, um, I thought, I think on the bottle, one thing is we've seen is he's been pretty good about using, um, kind of like baseline spin moves, just generally using the baseline as a way to attack places where the defense attack quickly. So the defense can't show a lot of extra bodies. Um, but, uh, tonight in the fourth quarter just felt like it was a lot of Giannis, um, you know, near the top of the key and just sort of looking at what his options were and just feeling like he didn't have any. Uh, and that's partly why he took, you know, a couple of those brick threes that, uh, that obviously, you know, in hindsight, but you know, again, if he makes it, everybody's thrilled, but, um, in general, I get back, gets back to that point of like dying possessions and just being really smart and, you know, picking your spots with, with threes. And obviously, um, you know, again, the way Giannis plays, I mean, any three he takes, you could say, well, you shouldn't take that three because he's better off trying to attack the basket. Right. Like, but, um, especially in fourth quarters where, you know, we were getting points where the possessions were so important and getting a good shot was so crucial. Um, it's just obviously missing those shots and blood. So missing some shots, it, you know, ultimately that was a, a huge story and kind of turning the tide because bucks had it within six in the fourth quarter. It's not like the bucks were down 20 going into the fourth quarter and, you know, they never got close. I mean, they, they still had chances to turn this game around. And again, I think just the lack of um, composure and just good decision-making was just a big part of, uh, of ultimately coming away with, with a loss in this game. Well, listen, Frank, I spoke about how hungry I am right now. And the longer this podcast goes, the, the more energy I'm losing right now. I need a boost. And maybe I need to call on our friends over at Built Bar because we know they are improved and they are better than ever. With 18 amazing flavors, six of them brand new, including cookies and cream, lemon almond cheesecake, carrot cake, apple almond crisp, they have all the original flavors as well that you love. Coconut almond, raspberry, German chocolate, peanut butter, banana bread. I could keep going. They've got them all. Mint brownie. I mean, they've got everything. The Built Bar is, of course, great for the health-conscious guy. Lose and maintain weight while indulging in a delicious treat that is low-calorie, low-sugar, high-protein, and high-fiber. We've got a deal for you. Go to BuiltBar.com and use the promo code LOCKEDON and you'll get $10 off your next order. Use the promo code LOCKEDON for $10 off at BuiltBar.com. And if you hurry, the free cooler is still on offer while supplies last. So go to BuiltBar.com and take advantage. So early in this game, in the Bucks, it's kind of funny. They ended up turning it around 
the points off turnovers a, a little bit, but it was a disastrous number under nine. And I think when you talk about the point of attack for the Bucks offense, it's always going to be Chris and Giannis. Those two on the night had 12 assists and nine turnovers. Uh, 11 assists and nine turnovers, actually. So, again, the turnovers hurt the Bucks. This is something we've seen throughout the bubble. And DiVincenzo has been another guy that's been turnover prone. Uh, he didn't have any tonight. But from your two best players, particularly Chris Milton, I mean, he has been pretty sloppy with the ball, particularly in the second half of the seeding games and now this one tonight. And in the first half, he just didn't look like he was quite there. He tried to get going offensively in the second half and get some shots up, but... I don't think he hit a field goal from early in the second quarter through to the fourth quarter. So clearly that's not good enough for someone of Chris Middleton's caliber, a player of his caliber, an all-star, probably an all-NBA player. So again, it, it, it felt like everything went wrong for the Bucks tonight and somehow they still found themselves with chances to win. I guess we should talk about the rotation before we really look to, to put a bow on this one, but... The Bucks went with, and Bud went with an all-bench lineup early in the first quarter, early-ish in the first quarter. This was when the game was really, you know, it felt like it were things where everything was going wrong. And I wondered at the time whether Bud was just searching for some energy because the starters weren't great either. It's not the typical game where the starters get off to a quick start and then Bud brings in the, the bench unit and it, it ruins all the momentum. That wasn't the case in this one. Uh, what did you see from the rotation tonight? Was there anything you would like to see change? Giannis ends up playing 34 and a half minutes, so a fair bit of playing time for him. Uh, Brooke Lopez, 29. Wesley Matthews, only 25. We didn't get an update on his back. Hopefully, he's feeling okay. Bledsoe, 27. But again, he went pretty deep to the bench. Uh, I think whether the Bucks fans like it or not, uh, get used to this. Yeah, I mean... I mean, we've unfortunately seen very little from the bench um, to feel confident during the seeding games. Um, you know, George Hill did score 16 points on nine shots today, five assists. I mean, he was probably the offensively the the one guy who kind of stood out um, and and actually made shots uh, from that bench group, which was good to see. But uh, yeah, I mean, you know, Dante one out of six today. Again, he just does not look like the guy that we saw earlier in the season and you know so much of what I think the Bucks success this season was because you could roll in guys like Dante and George and you know these bench players and even if it wasn't all bench units you could combine them with you know the starters and you didn't miss a beat um, and obviously uh, at this point you know me seeing a bent an all bench unit is just pretty scary because I just don't believe they have enough kind of shot creating ability that said I mean in a lot of ways, I'm I'm really more concerned about the Bucks defense, you know, and just um, if you know that that's purely an I mean, defense to me is always just you know mostly an effort thing, right? System effort and talent. Um, the system, the talent, you know, is the same. Um, tactically, I do worry, right? Like the overhelping um, is is a concern. But that said, like the magic, you know, again, <laughs> you shouldn't need to, you know play nine-dimensional chess to beat the magic tactically uh you know this bucks team should be able to just roll the ball out into you know play their vanilla game and beat them um and tonight i think it was you know fortunately um doesn't say much that they came out and obviously couldn't do that and b uh you know it just didn't really seem like bud had any um any combinations that that really made much of a difference either um you know we saw some switching from Giannis at times uh, but too often we saw, I think, Vooch uh, end up punishing switches, which is, I think, what makes him like very unique because, you know, he's a floor stretcher, but he's also a guy who's really good in the post. So you can't, 
you can't just easily, um, you know, switch, switch guys onto him and then, and then expect, you know, to, to be able to, you know, rely on him taking a hard, you know, fadeaway, you know, uh, a jumper from the post or something like that. Like he can actually really work guys in the post. So, um, so yeah, just not a lot to, not a lot to speak of, you know, from, from those guys, uh, off the bench. But, um, you know, I, I would say though, you, you know, you put this loss kind of squarely at the foot of, you know, your, your top guys who were playing so well in the bubble, you know what I mean? Chris and Brooke, I thought were really disappointing. Giannis, uh, was, I'd say, you know, generally very good for three quarters and then very disappointing in the fourth quarter. Um, but, uh, you know, anytime you look at the box score and those guys are all pretty squarely negative, um, I think that gives you concern, right? Because that's where you, that's, you know, that, those are the guys that should be winning you basketball games night in and night out. And when you can't, you know, really kind of turn the screws on a team like the magic with Giannis, Chris and Brooke playing, um, then, you know, that's, that's an awful lot of pressure on a bench to, uh, to try to pick you up. Um, so Anyway, yeah, it's it's all it's all concerning. Um, I thought Bledsoe looked a bit more energetic at times offensively, at least. He had 15 points on 11 shots, but um, you know, certainly hard to find a lot of silver linings in a game like this. I did think so early as well. I'll agree on Bledsoe. I thought, uh, you know, defensively uh, at times he showed that effort in, in trying to get turnovers and creating offense a little bit when the Bucks were in those spurts, in those stretches. Uh, aggressively, he tried to get to the basket. To see him have 11 shots, uh, you know, too many times we see him uh, have only five or six field goal attempts. So I guess that was a positive. He was a guy that was trying to force the issue a little bit when they were struggling. But overall, I'm with you. There's not a lot that you're going to walk away from this game and feel too good about, but one, one thing, one other thing, Kane, um, sorry, that I mean, you know, Giannis 34 minutes and change, Chris, what 30, 31 minutes. And again, Chris wasn't great today. So it's not like, you know, you, you, you had him on the bench while he was lighting the world on fire, but um, the whole point of saving these guys all season is so you can really lean on them heavily in the playoffs. They've had four months off. Um, you know, if, if the most you're ever going to play on us is 35 minutes, I, I think Bud has to rethink what he's doing here. Cause, um, you know, <laughs> this was a game where you needed to see more of those guys, especially the way the bench has been playing in the playoffs. And so I, I, I just think they have to rethink sort of, you know, especially in second halves, you know, where we saw today where they were obviously down at halftime, double digits, uh, and, you know, had, had some moments, as you said, they got to within that one point, you felt like that was maybe going to be the turnaround point, but, um, you know, bucks losing midway through the fourth quarter, you still feel like you have to get Giannis a few minutes of rest because he can never play a full quarter. I mean, that's good. That's a problem, you know, like in the playoffs at some point. Well, in an event that could seriously only perfectly happen on this day to sum up what we've just spent the last few hours doing. Frank has dropped out. His connection is gone. He's having internet problems. Uh, he's just texting me now as we write in. So I'm going to wrap this up, but I totally agree uh, with Frank's final point there uh, to have all of the starters on a night, you know, be basically under 30 minutes outside of Chris 31, Giannis 34. And I, I think the big problem is Giannis was on 15 minutes at halftime. So Yes, he picked up that early foul, and you don't want him to get in first-half foul trouble, but at the same time, that's when the game was slipping away. We saw the end of the first half, the, the last five minutes before halftime, the Bucks really uh, got back into the game a little bit, it felt like. So, you know, that's something to watch. I think Bud has to use Giannis more in the first half and, and perhaps all of his starters as well because while uh, they weren't 
a dominant unit tonight as they have been through the season. That's your best five. And we have spoke about some concerns about the Bucks' second unit, particularly what they're able to do offensively. So it's something to watch as we move forward. Thank goodness the next game is not an afternoon game. It's going to be on Thursday night. We'll have another pod that we can go through this game a little bit more. We can look ahead to game two. Uh, a frustrating day. Frustrating day if you're a Bucks fan. There's no doubt about that. I don't think any of us expected the Bucks to go down 1-0 in the series, but that's exactly the position they find themselves in. Uh, they're going to have a big couple of days to find something, to find something that hasn't been there throughout the bubble, particularly defensively, and you would expect to see a pretty sharp response for them in Game 2. But they are down 1-0. They lose 122-110 to the Magic in a huge upset, an absolutely huge upset. Uh, for Frank, who is no longer with me, I am Kane Pittman. We thank you, everyone, for listening. Uh, just get through the next couple of days, Bucks fans. We'll get to game two, and fingers crossed everything will be back on track. In the meantime, stay safe, and we'll catch you guys tomorrow.